0: Riff. Riff off. One, two, three, go. I was hoping you'd do your Colin Farrell. We're both wearing blue. Yeah, well, mine's a um, a sea blue, I would say. What would you call it? Royal blue. Royal blue, interesting. Mm -hmm. It would be like the blue you would see in a fantasy novel or such. I guess. Sky blue? Royal blue? I would go royal blue. Yours looks like... You can't quite see. I'll be is honest with it? you. I don't know if I'm colorblind or not, or if your computer is... Uh, I don't see blue all that well. It's dark where I am. Yeah, it's you pretty dark. But, but this is an audio format, so I'll have to describe it. There's a light in the right corner of Matt's room. Living room where he's recording tonight. A nice Christmas wreath with the two pictures of, uh, you can they, tell. they are... They're feathers. Feathers, okay. What color is the wreath? The wreath is turquoise and silver.
1: Yeah, it's not your traditional
0: wreath. Yeah, it's a little, it's fun. It's a fun, you have a, you have a fun house? Is that, would that be fair? I have a messy house. No, okay.
1: Yeah, I have a I'm messy. not slovenly, the kid the kid's to a point where he just likes to throw things. So he'll toddle around and just throw his toys. So things yep. get
0: messy. Does he get that from you? I think.
1: Maybe. Yeah. He sees me just kind of waddling around and throwing things down the stairs and giggling. Kind of like and a so king. Does it. Like a king would. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. a, slovenly. Throwing peasants down the stairway and laughing. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. he does it with his little toys. He
0: just takes after old Pop-Pop over there. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah, I know. Something, something to maybe you can correct. And maybe he can just kind of like, oh, you know what? We'll fix that. Maybe if you don't want him to throw stuff, you improve your ways. Does he still throw your books around.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He likes to look at the books, too. And he's good. We, we read to him. Yeah. So that's nice. He's into certain things. I, I've, I've, I've,
0: I've, I have a question for you. Uh... Are you hoping to raise a avid reader? Do you care? Well, of course I care. Okay, I'm not going to force it on him
1: if he's not into it because you got to play that little yeah gotta... jujitsu mind game. Yes, you know where you make it worse. But I'm I'm kind of confident. I've read Hop on Pop like 50 times. Pretty good. We're into Curious George now. Um, honestly, uh, uh, was it Fox and Socks by Dr. Seuss? is harder than most academic litfic,
0: frankly so you read out
1: loud. how <clears> is there. your reading
0: out loud game because um Get better it's getting Get better? better it's harder than you think at first it when is tried to read on this podcast out loud and it's a little tricky when you got
1: some other stuff going on and you're trying to look ahead and like doing voices and whatnot mm. trying to like re- whose quote is whose it's not as obvious it takes a little skill. I'm actually very impressed with audiobook narrators yeah. who can do well, it for ten to fifteen hours. Uh, you know, like you, yeah,
0: it's, it's impressive. I had uh, some anxiety growing up reading out loud in class, and I remember I had a stretch. I want to say it's like fourth grade. Okay, for yeah. you, this won't be like, oh, this is a typical story Peter tells. But fourth grade, I really honed in on my reading out loud. I felt like I was in like the prime of my. Okay. You got it. I got, I got like, I had one day where I was like, okay, I got this. And then it kind of all unraveled, but I have that memory. Okay. Where I'm like, Oh, I got this. I got this. And then that confidence has never been the same. You've I mean, never do peaked in fourth grade is what you're saying? Well, no, I mean, reading out loud in class. Oh, okay.
1: That's
0: not nice fourth, fifth grade, something like that. I know I didn't have it when we would do... Where the Red Fern Grows. I hate that book. I didn't have it then. I know that. I knew I was a little like, you know what? I'm I'm a little nervous. Because you would have to read, if I remember correctly, I don't know if you had this. Everyone had to read out loud. We'd read the book. And when it got to your turn, you either had to read a sentence, maybe it was a paragraph, or you could go as long as you wanted within reason. I don't remember the, I remember going like round.
1: Yeah. I don't remember the specifics because I was never really that nervous. I mean,
0: that. we weren't in the same class, so uh, I assume it was slightly different for us, right?
1: Yeah, I'm just saying I, we did the round robin thing or whatever, you know, we to take a turn.
0: Yeah, but I, you know, you, you, I don't know if you did this, but you would see like where you were like coming up and you would kind of count the paragraphs, at least I would, you say, oh, I got a short one, or oh, yeah. So you weren't really like paying attention to the story, so it wasn't actually that beneficial to remembering the story. I don't remember where the red fern grows, but I remember it's, it's a it's a bummer. It's a bummer book. So do you think that's where I my my love of bummer books came from?
1: Not paying attention to where the red fern yeah. grows. I mean, it's a little no. bit of a stretch. I think. I think the the you're being nervous about reading it loud won't surprise anybody. Yeah, but I think your your love of of the sadness of the and, books. and the melancholia of life in Eastern Europe <clears throat> goes much much deeper. I'm that not just. Whole, you, I mean, give me the would take a whole
0: separate ten year podcast to get to the bottom of. <laughs> yeah, it could be a very in depth profile. Anyway. Where, where were we going with this reading oh, aloud. yeah I, I I gained a greater appreciation in college we would have to go to reading like uh readings for either professors or like visiting authors would come and do readings and there was a difference between good and bad ones I have to say there's a there's a breath to like a good reading out loud there's a
1: take. Mm-hmm.
0: Really, hey, i think the There's, natural thing is you want to rush it you want to kind of speed through it almost <laughs> in a way mm-hmm. but the natural pauses and uh, oh yeah
1: it, I've, I've noticed with audiobooks mm-hmm. enunciation enunciation you don't think about it too much but there have been certain ones sometimes it's when the author reads their own book and they're maybe not as um <clears throat> talented reading yeah. out loud they are writing they rush words together and you kind of notice them more it makes you appreciate the other ones, but they kind of run run things together and mumble. Like, words. You we know,
0: really stop from the words and they. This is going to sound a little crazy. Uh, are words, to actually enunciate everything, you words take longer to actually say. That's I not think very, a very eloquent way longer of putting it, anything. but.
1: It, yeah, well, and it doesn't sound that way when you're reading in your head. Yeah. And I think with authors reading their own books, you don't think about it and you know, you know in your head how the story goes. And if you were to slow it down and read it properly, it would feel really off. But I think what a good narrator does is slows down and reads it at a reasonable pace, instead of sort of rushing it together and like this, and then, and then, you know, and then this, and then this, and then, this and then.
0: I think poetry is a good example. If you can get a, like listen to a good poet do it, there's a, a flow to it. The words usually poetry is rather slow or slower yeah. than fiction, because there's natural breaks in poetry where you kind of build it in. Um, I saw once Davis Sedaris do a reading, and he was excellent. at
1: reading. He's hilarious.
0: He's yeah. very funny, but he and I think he's kind of gained some of his his writing's very good, but the way he he does a lot of his own would think his own audiobooks. he does a lot of readings and stuff on NPR and stuff like that and his he, cadence and timing is really impressive he is not who I was talking about I wasn't
1: referring to anybody famous either okay. but David Sedaris I actually almost prefer him on audio to reading it um funny people and poets I think because they know the timing and the rhythm of their stuff and they can land the jokes almost better than they read in print Even I read, I read, I I did the audio of uh, Bossy Pants, Tina Fey's book. Yeah. She reads it. That's just the way to go. Sloane Crossley. Sloane Crossley reads her own books. Okay. Uh, I think a lot of the times it helps if you're writing a humorous
0: book. Yeah. Tina Fey's book, Bossy Pants, that was a big hit for, Mm -hmm. I, I own a copy of it, but I never got is it worth reading, I guess?
1: On audio. On audio. It's, and I usually don't like those celebrity books, you know? But I don't consider that. That's more of a, a humorous essay type thing. I don't consider that. But I, you never catch me reading, like, an author's. Or, like, what's that stupid? It pops up every now and then in my uh, ad, targeted ads. Uh, Prince Harry's new book or whatever. Like, I don't care about that. Like, the celebrity. I don't consider comedians' books... Quite in the gossipy celebrity stuff. He's in the news. He's got a new. He and his wife have a new Netflix show. Didn't we fight a war to get rid of those people? Oh, gosh. Why is he? Why is he over here, like talking, like in
0: our faces? I kind the, so, uh, the, of. Here. They're good for drama. I'm not exactly sure why everyone cares about the royal family. Well, exactly, right? Okay. They have no power, but they have their big packs. I don't know. I don't They're a big the British... mansion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to alienate our British listeners, but I mean, they—they hey, they might be on our side. I'm not. I think you're anti-monarchy. I am. Yeah, I'm monarchy as a TV show. I mean,
1: I, it's fun to watch from like
0: back in the medieval times when they had swords. And... I'll, I'll I mean, ask you this question: Aren't castles kind of neat as a yeah, human yeah, invention, yeah. like a human oh, thing yeah. we've done?
1: I'm with,
0: they're fun. They're cool to look at. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's good. a positive. Castles are fun. Who's your favorite king? I don't really know too much about the kings or the queens. Any king
1: doesn't even have to be British. Just Do I need the name people? one? man any of them. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> I thought the uh, King speech was a good movie. So whichever king that was, king was that King George something? George. The, the third? Fifth? Uh, that seems high. Edward the Fifth, George the Fifth. Was Edward the brother? I think no, we're really alienate our British listeners. Was now. it Elizabeth's dad, right? How about we all? How about this England? How about we just pick? You can't have the same name like more than once.
1: No, but that's why they put the. I know, um, I know. But they're on Charles the Third, right? Is he? Is he the Third? I think he's the Third because the first got beheaded. The second you're an expert, right? Oh, I'm getting them mixed up. My favorite king, at least as he's portrayed, maybe not in real life. Well, yeah. but actually, Peter O'Toole plays a really good Henry the Okay, I thought you were going to say Beckett in Beckett and yeah, Peter O'Toole's my favorite king. I was like, yeah. I think he was a king, but he plays Henry the in Beckett and the line in Winter, and the, it's pretty great. Henry the right, Second. Henry the Second is my favorite. Henry the Second, as played by Peter O'Toole. That's very specific. Is the best king.
0: How long have you thought about this? this is the best king. The I don't know how long we've we been recording. Uh,
1: I don't know. I don't. Know. I, I haven't. I don't the care. The Lion in Our next year's Christmas movie will be a Lion in Winter. Mm. I think Ooh. it
0: takes place at Christmas. Yeah, an old classic, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Is the Lion in Winter a Christmas
0: movie? Boy, you're going to start a new debate. You're going to start a new debate. Um, Tonight, we're going to do something fun. Before that, welcome to There Will Be Books, a podcast about books and winter. I'm Peter, joined as always by Matt. Matt, we're going to debate something. I had had a little, well, at the end of this episode, the second half of this episode, we're going to be picking a new December book, which is Mm -hmm. one of our favorite pastimes is adding to our TBR. But I, I was texting with Matt earlier in the week and kind of, we're kind of coming up with ideas for the show. And I mentioned to him uh, the new Cormac McCarthy book. Um, I don't think he needs a whole lot of introduction. Uh, he released two books kind of within the last couple of months, months, uh, the passenger and Stella Morris. And I'd put the, put the passenger and still Mars on library holds months ago, I thought, Oh, I'm, I'm a fan of Cormac McCarthy. I've read, I was checking, I'd read three of his books, the road, Blood mm-hmm. Meridian and all the pretty horses. Okay. And I was excited, you know, I kind of want to keep up to date with uh, new fiction and I was a fan of this author. And I started reading the passenger earlier this week. And I, I texted Matt, it felt like homework. And I didn't really want to continue on. And <laughs> I don't, I guess it was, it, I'll be honest, I only got about 20, 30 pages in before I was like, this is going to be like I'm reading something for senior level college class. And I don't really feel like doing that. And should I feel guilty? And I kind of wanted to talk to you about. I'm not going to finish the book right now. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to return the book
1: to the library
0: unread. Um, Should I feel ashamed, Ben? How how, how should I feel? Okay. I I I don't really feel ashamed. I just kind of playing around here.
1: Well, yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to... We both, I think, want to be the type of people who have read the new Cormac McCarthy. Yeah. Right? I on you know, that's kind of... And so, yeah, not... Not being able to do so.
0: So there's, I mean, there's kind of, if you go on YouTube, you can find all these people who talk about Cormac McCarthy and there's two camps, really people who, and people who love Cormac McCarthy. I saw this one uh, kind of review or call this the best book in the last 16 years or something. Passenger. Yeah. And there's, they take it very seriously and I'm like, okay. uh, That sounds intriguing, but it all seems sort of performative praise, I guess. Um, And then there's a camp of people who really don't like Cormac McCarthy and think all the people that read his books are kind of these like hipster dudes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, you and I, are we hipster guys? I don't know. We might, if somebody wanted to disparage us, they could
1: probably that's the thing and we'll get I'll kind of get one of the things I was going to talk about we'll get into later the the phenomenon of the lit bro yeah. which might be a made up twitter thing I think it might be it's for people to be mean but you know lit bros I think um, like David Foster Wallace and Cormac McCarthy and the gritty violent male authors would be something a lit bro would like so I could see somebody who doesn't Hemingway. Sucked. Hemingway yeah um So it's interesting. Both those camps of reviewers you just described, I could see both of those reviewers having not even read the book. Like, they could churn out a review based on, I love Cormac McCarthy, and I can call it brilliant without having read it, or I hate him, and I can review the new book without having read it.
0: I also had a question to ask myself, have I outgrown him, or was I just not? And you got to keep in mind, he's older, and sometimes
1: it's not... So what didn't you like? Was it the writing style? Was Well, it, it, it
0: was McCarthy style. And I did the first. I mean, this is an unfair. This is just. I'm not even really giving the book a fair shot. I understand that. So I mean, I can't I, mean, I can't judge the book for whatever. But I just had an inkling of oh, this is going to be a real. I've done this log before. Blood Meridian is a dense. Pieces of literature, right? And I when I read it, I was fully engaged with it. And I it was a challenge and I was up for the challenge, I felt like, and I really liked the book. Um, the book, the first section of the passenger, I couldn't make heads or tails of what was happening. And it was, it felt like, okay, this is going to be an assignment. And I didn't want to do that. <laughs> Not that, that do it, felt. it felt, ah, I don't know how to put it. It felt and then I got into sort of like, I feel like the main section of the book, and I felt like I was losing my mind because I thought characters' names were changing, and I couldn't make <laughs> the details of what was going on. And I was like, am I losing my mind because I – yeah, not their names are changing, but how they were referred to is changing. Now, I guess someone can make the argument that that's some brilliant literary device about the – you know the nature of identity and what that means in the world but i'll be honest with you uh, what i did matt was i put the book down and then i picked up the book for last month all the S- all the seas of the world is that the title correctly yeah and uh i am enjoying that book immensely now i'm yeah. not saying that it is a dumbed down book or it is a, you know it's not literary brilliance what i am saying it is it's a coherent story with rich characters and a fun setting and so far a fun plot yeah. that I am enjoying immensely. Now I don't feel bad saying I want to read sort of the fan historical fiction fantasy book more than the literary fiction. Because I think at one point in my life I would have scoffed at that, I will say. Yeah. Um interesting. Yeah. But I am h- happy as a reader doing this.
1: Yeah. Well not slogging through some sort of meta or postmodern stream of
0: consciousness thing just here's a fun so as my book therapist am I okay in doing this Mm -hmm. yeah because I'm telling myself well I can always come back to the book obviously you can always come back to the book at some point but Mm -hmm. um I I might not be in a Cormac McCarthy phase of my reading life I I'm sure I'll kind of come back to it at some point but
1: and I'm, yeah, I'm curious about these new ones compared to the old ones, uh, as far as Corman McCarthy, mm-hmm. if these new ones are the same, maybe denser or more, more difficult, or maybe sometimes as authors get older, their, old, their newer stuff isn't as good as their old stuff. Is it something that takes work and you got to be in the right mood for, because I've honestly, I've only read No Country for Old Men. Mm -hmm. i think i've said this before i read half of blood meridian in college for a paper and the paper was due and i got what i needed from i really liked it but i never picked it back up and it's the one book where i kind of maybe make it seem like i've finished the whole thing like i'll talk about how good blood meridian is and make it seem like i've read it when i've only read half so but that's it for me And, and so i No country for old men is like a thriller. Is considered his most accessible one, and I really like it. I have tried literally three different times to get to start all the pretty horses, and I just, for whatever reason, I just can't get going. Um,
0: he, I feel like I, I enjoy his work. I, don't, but I'm not going to sit here and like defend him if someone wants to come in and not like it. like it. I could see it not being everyone's cup of tea. All right. Um, he is of a style and he's kind of like in my mind like some sort of rock group or some sort of just a very obscure not obscure but dense uh, very serious band or music where it's not everyone can be like have time to delve into the lyrics and or how it was recorded or what Mm -hmm. it all means like it's there's an effort to his work that is not normal. Yeah. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, 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 But I remember liking Blood Meridian. I didn't consider that a chore. It just fell off because, uh, for whatever reason, All the Pretty Horses just didn't, I, I don't. it wasn't even bad. I just couldn't couldn't do it. Yeah, it's, it's... It's funny. My mom, actually, a couple months ago, she said, I got the one, it's like a movie, it's a Cormac McCarthy, All the Pretty Horses. It's like, oh, that sounds good. And I just could not get going. <laughs> and she said, oh, well, maybe it's just, you know, maybe I just like a good story and I'm not as serious. And I had to tell her, like, no, mom, I think it's genetic.
0: Because I can't lists. do it. But I've always been curious about Sutri. I've heard that. I tried that. I actually, I think I've tried. I got 10 pages in on that one. See, yeah, it's like ago. that.
1: But I want to. I was actually thinking, went off and did some of my own research because I knew McCarthy was coming up. Mm-hmm. I know this is unscientific, yeah. but I put a Twitter poll out there. Okay. Right? Uh, I said, As someone who's reading, who's read embarrassingly little Cormac McCarthy, where should I pick back up? Okay. A lot of the people we interact with in our little Twitter circle are like, frankly, they're little smarter than us and they read like Pynchon and mccarthy and, yeah, yeah. and all this yeah. stuff so we actually got a good response okay you know a, a big enough sample size so here's where I, I had four options here's the percentages they broke i said Sutri, the border trilogy which all the pretty Horses is the first one yeah i said uh i said reread blood meridian you know, because I'm halfway along. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah. uh, hey, if we're a duo, okay, we're a duo, right? I so you yeah. counts, counts. So, and then the fourth option was the new ones, right? Okay. And, yeah, passenger, whatever. So, what well, one? Border trilogy got forty two percent. Okay. Uh, Sutri got thirty three percent. Blood that's, Meridian.
0: I feel like Sutri is the one that's pr- it's sort of the the fans favorite it's not the most famous one but it's sort of the fan yeah you know how certain like spielberg probably has his most famous work but there's the, the, the film buffs like
1: mm-hmm.
0: close encounters of the Third ai
1: Time. or something or, 9, yeah
0: 10, i don't know not, but, not oh, i was
1: actually that's my mind went to a movie like what's it like a yeah yeah but anyway Okay. So it's like, like in Howard the Duck instead of Star Wars for George Lucas. <laughs> yeah, I'll know. think of a better one after we stop recording. Better analogy. Blood Meridian got 21%.
0: Huh? The new ones, 4%. Hmm. Okay. So got
1: two votes.
0: So I'm a surprised know. by Blood Meridian, I guess, in a way. Because hmm? I think Blood Meridian is the one when you want to sound important and cool maybe intentionally or unintentionally that's the one you would throw out as like well, yeah oh,
1: that's who, are you, talk- the- who are you talking to that's
0: you gotta the- talk about
1: the judge that's okay. what i've been doing judge holden and the kid yeah um it's the uh, inherent violent of the west well i, I was thinking because looking forward to kind of our like new year's episode we yeah. kind of like our hopes and goals for the new year i was thinking it'd be nice to do a, a cormac mccarthy at some point in the next year and so i was kind of thinking forward to to what to do and we wouldn't do the new ones we do i Possibly think Tree, yeah. century or if you've read all the pretty horses or whatever but what you know
0: interesting actually, when we talk about mccarthy and sort of like the difficulty of it all sort of the denseness of it all i was thinking back of like recently what are some books that i thought were not difficult, but like challenging in a way. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly enough, the one that popped into my head was Dorothy Dunnett. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I thought that was a very like sophisticated mm-hmm. take on kind of what she was like—a genre historical yeah. book. And I thought it was yeah. like, oh, yeah. she's. I got the sense of. I don't think I've ever gotten the sense with McCarthy that he's like much smarter. He probably is, but like Dorothy Dunnett, I was like, oh, she's much more intelligent it's I, too. Yeah. yeah she seemed very, that uh, whole
1: book was structured like a complex puzzle like a chess yeah. that was because it is it is technically a historical adventure type thing and it was fun but it's also you did have to stop and think
0: mm-hmm. like, like what's going on so that was the one that i thought of recently or mm-hmm. it's like where what was the last book where i was really challenged did i kind of like
1: uh for me the red and the black and black leopard red wolf
0: yeah those are good They're nominations both, too those are both uh, a
1: while, but
0: it took I would a say good. black leopard red wolf was the one that I felt that I butted head with the most yeah and yeah that was just the one where there were moments of brilliance versus moments of confusion and frustration so I don't I know it's it it's it's too like uh I think for a listener i I don't think there's a right way you can kind of. There's probably a camp where he's like, "Oh, you got to challenge yourself and trust it." And I agree with that, but I will also say, the K book is very delightful, and I'm enjoying it.
1: <laughs> Isn't that fun? Yeah. And it's a
0: it's 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 fun in two ways. It's a good book, and it's like, oh, this is an author who a is still alive. I like to point that out. I thought he was dead. He's not dead. And and B, there's a huge catalog where I'm like, oh, I like this. It's also challenging too because there is a Political and and kind of world building thing where I, yeah, I have to kind of pay attention and learn certain ethnicities and religions and stuff like that, where it's a challenge in its own right. So I kind of enjoy that part of it. Mm-hmm. So, well, oh.
1: and he's got a way with words too. I don't. He's uh, there's some he's actually
0: a, he's a subtly a very like the structure of that and like the timing, like he kind of plays around with yeah. the 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 narration of that book in a very i think makes it look more simple than it actually is with how events are told and kind of jumps around in time in a very interesting way so um i, I don't mean, know i don't have too much more mccarthy just other than well let me say i don't know are you go. Like, i like homework
1: well i was going to say i think maybe we'd have to build to it like if we were going to properly appreciate the new ones, I think we might have to, we should read Satri at some point. I, um, I think it would help too if it was a
0: shared communal thing. This was just going to be by myself with, I would only be able to converse with people on. And then, oh, this is the, the my last point is, I saw this, po- Listen to this podcast. Um, It's a fun podcast. It's called The Hottest Take but. Uh, the ringer uh and, and one of the guys did it he goes his hottest take was I don't want to hear your artsy criticism of the new Cormac McCarthy like this guy's a genius we don't need anymore and I was like I get it it's kind of a fun opinion or whatever but I kind of think there was some seriousness to it yeah. and I think I don't know authors can have duds right and you it's okay to call an, a book a dud, right? Not a I don't know just felt like a little bit of the hipster Cormac McCarthy fan coming out right right
1: like he can almost say that without having read it
0: yeah kind of thing yeah Yeah. (laughs) so but yeah the passenger is going to be a DNF the old Peter Murphy well let me
1: just say I listened to in addition to doing my Twitter poll Mm-hmm. I listened to a podcast I really, I enjoy called Forest of Symbols. A mm-hmm. uh, guy who does that unlocked an episode he did on Blood Meridian. And I listened to that. And that is his episode, Forest of Symbols on Blood Meridian. Maybe the best podcast I listened to all year it is very good. And he breaks it down. that kind of made me also want to want to reread Blood Meridian for the first time uh but no it was great it was just a really good breakdown of just kind of how uh, all the uh how how west like a really violent gritty western kind of symbolizes the west as a political entity. like he gets into oswald spangler and the west as a political entity and how mccarthy's kind of having like the deep the deep commentary that mccarthy's making with blood meridian uh, Wow, much more lucid and coherent than I'm making it sound right now. But that was a very good, go go check out Forest of Symbols if you.
0: It does yeah. sound interesting. So yeah. I kind of agree. I think at 2023, now sometimes we set goals for ourselves and we kind of, we, we don't abandon them. We, we kind of, they might get pushed back a little bit, but let's make a note. 2023, we read a Cormac McCarthy book. Yeah, an older one older one
1: then i think you might i suspect you'd have to have an appreciation for those to really put the new ones in in, in their place
0: well i think they can all stand on them on their own maybe mm-hmm. maybe the style of what you're getting in yourself
1: yourself into
0: uh,
1: i wonder i don't know that the two new ones are the place to start it's kind of my hunch i don't Not think it, I mean, it. i'll be honest i don't think it matters all that mm-hmm. much But i'm gonna stick with my my hot take is okay. i think you have to build to them is what I'll go without on basically zero evidence. I love Just it. A gut feeling.
0: Well, let's get into adding a book to our TBR uh, with December books. Um, I had a kind of a theme tonight. Okay. I abandoned it, and then I picked up another theme. You do that a lot. And yeah, and I would. I'll be honest. I only really have two books I really want to nominate. Okay. Which is a little That's weird. Fine. We uh, add more. There's no reason you can't come with less. Well, I had one. Okay, my one prompt was any Gore Vidal book. Matt, your your choice. Okay, so that was kind of like my first thing. Is that what you abandoned? Actually, that was my first. Like, let's give Matt a let's get let's do a Matt book. Then I thought, what is a kind of holiday? Not a holiday book or something, but what you enjoy during the holidays, like during school, your time off, you're watching like cool, like the best movies come out during the holidays. So I thought of some sort of like, not a fancy book, but sort of a fantastical world or something like that. That was one of my nominations. I abandoned that. And then my last prompt was, um, upcoming movies that are adapted from books and that's where i've got two of my books Uh, so no gorvidal gorvidal can be a nomination you could pick the book i am that's how open i am for you to get gorvidal in our tbr i have a couple so I, i just didn't know where to start okay
1: okay
0: i will say don't nominate like the thousand page essay book of his well no okay no
1: I wouldn't do that. And when yeah. I'm not nominated, I have my own thing going on. <laughs> so I had a hunch you might do Vidal. And so I had one Vidal ready to go in case you nominated the wrong one. Oh, no. And then I have three different things of books that kind of caught my eye that I want to read anyway. Maybe some have already started. Okay. So we'll see. And then I almost opened with this, but I didn't want to open with football. I won our last little bet. And so I have an author just of the essay that we're going to read and talk about for the bet. I was going to bring it up and let you pick the essay, but I pick the author. If We have time at the end. Okay. Yeah. And it's a lit bro. We're
0: going to be lit bros. We're going to be lit bro? Because yeah, Peter lost. Yeah, Peter we, lost we hung out this past weekend.
1: I didn't wanna we'll we'll get I guess we'll delve into it on the Patreon. Yeah. But I was I was gonna open with talking about that game, but I didn't I didn't want to depress you and I didn't want to open with football.
0: Hey, we uh, talked about reading out loud. We did that. Before. Reading out loud is just as important. Yeah. It's a community exactly. service thing. Anyway,
1: so we'll nominate December and then Peter will pick an essay real quick. Are you confident I think you're gonna win? Oh, the nominations? No, I don't know. Uh, I think all but say, you backed off the Vidal thing. That throws me
0: off. Okay, one of my nominations no, is like I'm a seven hundred page book, so I what don't think it? that's going to win. What is? One of my nominations, I believe, is a seven hundred page book. I
1: we'll Let mean, let's see. We did good. I think last year we did Hogfather,
0: which was, was a perfect seasonal. That was that was really day. good. That was. So, I'm curious. Let's just see how it goes. I completely forgot about Hogfather. Yeah, what a tremendous book that was. Yeah. I'm doing a quick Google search of how long this one book is. Wow. I, it's, I think you would actually, yeah, seven hundred and twenty one pages. okay. Well, um, let me out. start with my first one, which is the my second one, I thought, that my second prompt I thought my theme I was trying to come up with. And it's a I know it more of a movie than a book. I think the book came out. I want to say in the eighties. I could be completely off on that. Um, this was kind of a trendy movie. I think when I was in college, I did, I never saw it it's animated. I'm not a huge animated fan, and that would be the book is Howl's Moving Castle by Diana Wynne Jones. I've seen the movie. See, you've seen the movie. Yeah. yeah. I don't to, is it? It's the movie's good. Everyone says the, the movie's really good.
1: guy had the main character. It has
0: an earring okay, but it's animated, right? I'm not crazy.
1: It's the the Miyazaki. Have you heard of Hayao Miyazaki? Yeah, that... it away. Yeah, it he's a good animator, it lets adults watch it and feel sophisticated, like they're not watching cartoons. Uh,
0: you are watching cartoons. Did you but know it was kids. based on a book?
1: Yeah, okay, is it a kid's book? Technically, YA
0: is it. I I'm opposed to that don't oh, me either I think I think we could learn something from Brown. we can't handle Carmen McCarthy so we're gonna read kids books from now on it's not a kids book I don't you can't are you that. sure it's um let me see what the ages are for this book Cassidy good old Amazon's gonna say this book is four
1: is Hal's moving Castle a kids book
0: it's in teen it's,
1: book, it's not For teens, maybe.
0: She says it's a wife says it's a teen book. Nine years and up. Okay. Grade level three to seven. Hey, that's when I kind of peaked when my read out loud. So you could read it out loud.
1: To you, okay. Well, that'd be a little weird. We'd have to get other people
0: involved too. (laughs) Right. So a kids book, a beginning. Not a kids book though. Sometimes kids can i think adults can learn something from kids books okay
1: i think in this one the castle flies and the fire the fire and the fireplace talks
0: there you go that's so. all you need. it's it's part of a trilogy did you know that what's
1: the second one called
0: castle in the in the air and then the third one's house in many ways oh i like all the time i would have
1: named one uh, the house has landed Oh, castle has landed. Hey, we were talking about how much we like castles.
0: All right, let's let's. And this one is a moving castle. It's already a long episode. I feel like let's riff, let's riff off. So howl's moving castle. Any traction there? Are we feeling? Let's keep it. uh, Don't. I'm gonna let it float
1: around in the air like the castle. Like the castle
0: itself is floating. Howl's castle.
1: Castle. It's a very. Yeah, I don't think. Don't worry too much about time. We're it's it's open ended. It's the internet. It's our own. It's the podcast,
0: Wild West. Yeah, Wild West out there. Do you think people are getting upset that I kind of I didn't disparage Carmack McCarthy, but I didn't finish his book. I, don't I don't think, think it's the wrong people. It's if this episode
1: falls into the wrong hands and What's it that? starts with "Oh man, Carmack McCarthy's is really hard," and we wind up picking a children's book, it, it, we might get some. Who cares? Some I don't. From care. the mean, just from the mean kids. But that our lesson is to just
0: do what we like anyway, and not worry about the bullies. And then people are gonna send your mom emails. You didn't finish all the pretty horses. Ah, you don't get it. Yeah, I brought my mom into it. I'm sorry. You and your your son are genetically lie.
1: genetically incapable of reincor McCarthy. You guys West like is-
0: ugly horses. That's all that says. You guys are fans of ugly horses. That's brilliant. It's a fun name for a band, Ugly Horses. Anyway, all the ugly horses. Some of the ugly horses. <laughs> the ugly horses. That's our band. That's there. a
1: smart. Ooh, that's a smart reference. Some of the, the ugly people horses. who get it.
0: Yeah, but see, I think if you name something that, then people would assume you're like a Uber Cormac McCarthy fan. Mm-hmm. Right. The reference. I'd be like, oh, cool kids get it. Some of the ugly horses. I guess right. some of the
1: ugly donkeys. Some of the ugly cows. Yeah. Mm. Just opposite, anyway. Hey, ha- episode title. Mm. You never t-
0: take my episode title. I just, people won't get it. But the list,
1: they'll be curious. They'll be like, oh, I better listen to this. So the title is explained.
0: So, okay, what do you want the title to be? Some? Some of the ugly horses. Some of the ugly horses okay i'm
1: calling it you know what it's gonna i'm gonna think oh maybe you'll do it and then it'll be called revisiting mccarthy and <laughs> december nominations this was gonna happen when this drops in
0: the you day you know what you know this is our rain of uh created during the pandemic i'm gonna go with some of the ugly horses as the title of this episode I think this is episode 114. I could be off on that. 115, something like that. Some of the ugly horses it's going to be. And should I explain it in the notes? Maybe.
1: No, I don't know. no. just go into, don't explain it. Leave the t- title. This is the mystery. You're and more clever
0: with the captions than I am, so. All very right. Very clever. Matt, let's hear let's your, no, your, your first Great nomination. School. Let's see what we're going to actually read. All
1: right. Hey, this one I didn't I didn't realize this author or this book existed. Okay, I like where um, we're going. until last week. I, I was at the library a day or two after we picked the guy Gabriel K book. And then this author, Robert Irwin, had a book called, I think it's all the Wonders or all the wonders of the world. Well, wonders never cease. And it looked, it looked like a historical fantasy, like one we just chose. It was one of those ones facing out of the library wall. Okay. or on the shelves you know like you know how they do that and i was like oh that would have been a perfect nomination for i picked it up and read as like a historical fiction with a little bit of magical stuff mixed in in europe in the 1400s i was like this would have been perfect to nominate you know it was just like a day later so it's like oh weird and then i read about the author i was like i can't believe i've never heard of this guy uh, and so I picked his first novel. He was like a scholar. He speaks Arabic. He's like an Arabian uh, scholar, but he also writes like some fantastical, weird historical fantasy fiction. Okay. So I tracked down his first one called The Arabian Nightmare. The Arabian Nightmare? No. The New York Times says The Arabian Nightmare is a conceit worthy of Borges. Gorgeous. Uh da, 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 da. reminiscent of George Louis Borges and Italo Calvino and Umberto Echo. This cult classic is finally back in print in a US edition. So I guess when that, it was in the 80s published, went out of print. Look at that. My
0: I got it from the library. It's a guy with a tiger. Very cool.
1: It looks cool. I mean it looks it look-
0: vaguely familiar from the library, I will be honest. I mean,
1: yeah uh da, 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 da. so this is speak, reading out loud let me practice here this is just practice. from the first not, page don't be nervous uh, our narrator is yeah uh is talking here uh, this is yeah well, the the middle east in the 1400s too is where yeah. it takes place for a long time too i've meditated writing a guidebook to these parts or a romance a guidebook cast in the form of a romance or a romance cast in the form of a guidebook. In any case, a narrative designed to be read in bed. The writing of a book in which the heroes and villains of the adventure should tour the territory I wish to describe I wish to describe would be a feat of uh, difficult but not impossible of achievement. I should have stopped reading a sentence or two. Before I stopped, but uh, you know, a guidebook that's a romance, romance is a guidebook, is
0: that very intriguing? I've never heard of
1: the author and I never heard of the book, I knew until like a week or two ago. Yeah, I, seriously, go. I, I got a little carried away and I checked out uh, all eight books that I could. <laughs> I'm not gonna, but maybe a nightmare seems good, he's got uh, some others. Some Wait, others. you checked out eight of his books, yeah? Are you by yourself, yeah?
0: What? I don't know There's why I, that was a weird are question. You, are, you,
1: are you worried I couldn't carry them? Yeah, I was. That's a lot of books. Yeah, no, I could carry them. So you Two walked out with
0: eight is. books?
1: No, I interlibrary loaned a couple, and then I, I took
0: out like four. Okay, I could carry four books. You look like a, the a anyway. fastest reader in this side of the Mississippi.
1: Yeah, well, when I get, get home later that evening, I always realize like, oh, I'm not gonna close to finish. I love doing that with the
0: library. I don't know if that's just you and I. We check out sometimes like way too many books at once. And it's in like, the
1: moment, you're like, I just won't sleep. And I'll, yeah. I'll read during uh, lunch. And you, you, you know, come
0: up with like this 10 minute plan of like, this is how I'm going to read these oh, books. I could read, I'm
1: going to read all these. And then you get home. And you're like, oh no, I have to read. So I have to read Life and Fate.
0: And
1: <laughs> <laughs> so maybe got carried away, but Arabian Nights. I love it. I love it. it Sounds kind of this is maybe the one that's most up your alley ish. Oh
0: yeah. But um, all right, cool. You're in for my next nomination. Yeah. So this book, they changed the title. Let me look this up. Um but this book is being turned into a movie in 2023. Is the new M night Shyamalan movie? It is starring Rupert Grint and a host of other actors. There's, I have this weird suspicion that this author, this is I have no theory. I tried to research this, I couldn't find out if this is true. I feel like this author's dad taught in my college and I took his dad's college class. I have no proof of I have no proof of that. I see the issue, yeah. But it's just some of the biographical details sort of line up. could be completely wrong about this with that said matt what have you done uh the book is the cabin at the end of the world by paul trembley kind of a horror heard of uh, that yeah so it is one afternoon as when catches grasshoppers in the front yard a stranger unexpectedly appears in the driveway. Leonard is the largest man Wen has ever seen, but he is young, friendly, and he wins her over most almost in, instantly. Len, Leonard and Wen talk and play until Leonard abruptly apologizes and tells Wen, "None of what's going to happen is your fault." Three more strangers then arrive at the cabin carrying un, unidentifiable, menacing objects, and then the story kind of plays out from there. Is a gripping tale of paranoia, sacrifice, apocalypse, and survival that escalates to a shattering conclusion. So we could see, we could read the book that that inspires the new Shyamalan movie that gets hated on by the whole internet. Yeah, and dude, then we could compare yeah. and contrast the uh, the movie to the book, which I, I thought would be a fun thing.
1: I wonder if I might like it though. I kind of like Shyamalan
0: i kind of do too
1: <laughs> this book actually came up when i was researching horror books to do in october i don't know why you think it's a christmasy type book but <laughs> I don't yeah, either. It sounds good but
0: yeah. it's got like mixed reviews i thought it was pretty good the book i think did pretty well it was like yeah great- stephen king calls trembly's personal best it's that good um you can buy a a movie adaptation cover of the book
1: Mm, i won't do that
0: it's not a great i think it's just a still from the movie so you want to do a horror book for december i didn't really think of it that way um if you if you have a problem with this nomination i think you might have a problem with the last nomination as well if if we're trying to say oh let's let's read a so i maybe i misread the room i'm sorry man No, like I say, I've heard of it because I I thought about nominating it. Okay. Let's uh, hear your next nomination. All right. This next one.
1: Uh, It's another embarrassing gap in my reading. I haven't really ever read this guy. Uh, Throwback to the 1800s.
0: Okay. uh,
1: In America. Not his most famous novel considered one of his best but he's more famous for a couple others it is uh da, 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 da,
0: kind of a is, is it holiday related no huh?
1: abjuring the city for a pastoral life a group of utopians set out to reform a dissipated america but the group is a powerful mix of competing ambitions and its idealism finds little satisfaction in farm work Instead of changing the world, the members of Blythedale community individually pursue, pursue egotistical paths that ultimately lead to tragedy. I like that. Sounds kind of like, like tragedy. I like that. It's so, the Blythedale Romance by Nathaniel Hawthorne. Ooh, the blind Blythedale Romance. It's um, it's been on my radar since I read that book on that con artist. Who, okay. Who had the island in Michigan and made himself king? the author of the book about that guy talked about the Blythdale romance being kind of based on real communities like that, that would pop up. Like in the initial wave of industrialization, a bunch of people rejected that sort of uh, life where you work in a factory and wanted to go out to the country and start this utopian community or these utopian communities, plural. Yeah. But it never pound, like those kind of things draw sociopaths. Mm or charismatic people who kind of take advantage of the type of people who want to do stuff like that. have good motives, but tend to be kind of naive and easily fall prey to, you know, con artists and and whatever. So this is like Hawthorne's take on that. I gather and I've been circling it for a while and I finally found a copy. And so I figured this would be good. If we want to be redeem ourselves and try to be serious people. Hawthorne's very,
0: is he difficult? He's kind of not. I
1: haven't difficult. read him. We were supposed to read Scarlet Letter in high school, but I just watched the movie. I'm
0: kind of I'm kind of drawn to this. I had sure. I had never even heard of this book, I'll be honest, completely honest with you.
1: Like I said, I think uh, Scarlet Letter is by far like what everybody has to read in high school. And I think House of Seven Gables is more notable now, but this is I guess is considered as important. It was big at the time. Okay. I don't, I'm kind of fascinated by that dynamic. You know what I mean? People who mean well kind of getting, you know, the real world problems kind of destroying the utopian
0: ambitions. It's a fun theme. I yeah, I yeah. think I'm very intrigued by this book. To be yeah. completely honest with you,
1: cool.
0: <laughs> hey, hey. I didn't know this book existed until about two minutes ago. All right, man. My final nomination is. Um, a book I really want to read. It's it's going to be a movie coming out in July. The uh, the director of the movie is one of the best working directors going on. Um, the director said they didn't have to use CGI for one of the aspects of the movie, which seems slightly concerning. Do you know what that I'm talking he, about? That he
1: didn't use CGI.
0: Didn't use CGI. Which is a little strange for when I tell you what the movie is about. I'm trying. To, is it Guillermo del Toro? It's not Guillermo del Toro. Wes Anderson. The book I'm nominating is American Prometheus: The Triumph and Tragedy of J. Robert Oppenheimer. Oh, Nolan's new movie. Nolan, Christopher Nolan's new movie, and he says Uh-oh. he didn't have to use CGI for the atomic bomb explosion. Do you think he really blew up an atomic bomb? that's what i was that's what the internet i could
1: see i could see him being the type of director who would maybe uh not a a literal atomic bomb but like a little in miniature explosion yeah i could see that
0: but he seems very methodical like that so this is the life of one of the kind of Head figureheads of the Manhattan Project, the kind of the U.S. effort to build and drop an atomic bomb, and sort of his life and the moral conundrum that comes along with developing such a weapon of mass destruction. And so, this is the book that's 721 pages, probably not a holiday book if Matt's uh, judging the. well I thought this would be kind of your book where you're like, oh, I kind of am interested in. Mm-hmm. and I don't think we've ever done a straight up biography before.
1: Not yet. I'm actually, it, part of the New Year's thing, I was going to suggest we do a little more history too. Okay. I think that's a fertile ground that we haven't uh, covered too much. But that would be good. The Oppenheimer thing.
0: Maybe it could be a project for next year because um, it is. We are recording this sort of in the middle of December, but that's not a problem. But um, I don't know. I thought it would be a a good thing to read before the movie came out. No? no, Okay. Do you own this book? Do you know what book I'm talking about? I know what book you mean. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm curious about it. Oppenheimer spent like five years working on the atomic bomb. And then when it worked, he like acted all surprised that it killed a bunch of people. Yeah. yeah,
0: you kind what you
1: what you've been doing, <laughs> but at least you felt bad about it. Hey, there you go. But no, we could get the whole story. That's a good nomination.
0: Yeah. I, I mean
1: that's the one I was most proud it's of. Not I'll be honest. Cool. I mean, it's not the gore of a
0: doll I was expecting to to roll with. So that you could like so I was trying to get an easy victory. That's not what I was trying to do, Matt. I've nominated Gore Vidal before and you have not taken the bait. So what's wrong with you? All right. What's a Gore Vidal book that you think I should read? Where Where's the entry point for me, your co-host and podcast about books, read a Gore Vidal book? Probably Julian or Burr
1: or The Judgment of Paris. Okay, that's three books. I but we don't, have to, we don't have to worry about it. Okay. No, We're playing the low, it takes place on a long, yeah,
0: yeah. play long game. It's like All a I'm go bad. board. Go. Is this your final nomination?
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, you like famed British author David Mitchell, right? I do. I do. So this book has been compared to David Mitchell thrilling journey through a thousand years of obsession and betrayal and a vivid tapestry of the individual struggle struggle against the tyranny of history this is the most extraordinary work of imagination you'll read all year Ooh. takes place in china i think right before 2008 right before the olympics uh i the main character is called driver wang he's a taxi driver
0: okay
1: uh the first letter falls into driver Wang's lap as he flips down the visor in his taxi state in Beijing, preparing for the 2008 Olympics. The note says, who are you? You must be wondering. I'm your soulmate, your old friend, and I've come back to the city of 16 million in search of you. More letters follow, telling the stories of Wang's previous lives, bound to this mysterious soulmate, spanning a thousand years of treachery and intrigue. It's a little reminiscent you see the David Mitchell... Yeah connection little like ghost written maybe a little bit i can see that what's okay. the title again oh i haven't, haven't said uh, the incarnations mm-hmm. by susan barker mm-hmm. this has been on my radar for a bit and i got a copy and i may kind of
0: start it anyway mm-hmm. but. okay i've never heard i don't think i've heard of any of your nominations before
1: you hey, see good all right, maybe I didn't do a good job selling that, but I don't know. That's the type of thing I
0: like. No, I, I agree. Yeah, I'm trying to think for us where we should head for this month. I really like your Hawthorne nomination. Do you? Yeah, that's the serious one. I Well, very serious. You could do it though. What are you feeling? What? Are, how are you feeling?
1: Oh, of yours, probably How's Moving Castle, but just because the other one's a horror book and the Oppenheimer one will probably take until June when the movie comes out, realistically. For us to finish. Yeah, I, I'm That's I could I'm, do How's Moving Castle and have fun with it. I kid, but, you know.
0: I don't think it's a kid's book.
1: I, it, they don't put uh ages nine and up on adult books
0: <laughs> what was that one book that i found it was like ages 22 and oh that was fun that is that was weird yeah. that was recently that was from like target or something i can't yeah, remember 22 and up. or something yeah, yeah i was like oh you wait till way to um, graduate college and then you'll be the blythedale romance do do Hot blythedale? is. I've, i'm kind of I mean, curious to see how we um take his style you know the was, the book was published when? It was probably...
1: 18, 18... whatever. John Updike does the introduction to mine.
0: Ooh. 1852. Yeah. Blythedale Romance. Let me let me take a little gander here at the Blythedale Romance Wikipedia. I can look at the plot summary. let see.
1: usually doesn't do spoilers. Let's
0: see here kind of the, the narrative style sounds interesting. It's a first-person limited point of view. A lot of symbolism here. Hmm. Following its publication, the Blithdale romance was received with little enthusiasm by contemporary critics. However, other reviews while stating there is little correlation between the fiction of the novel and reality. These correlations should not be should not lead to association of fiction and nonfiction. In Hawthorne, 1879, Henry James called it the lightest, brightest, and liveliest of all of Hawthorne's unhumorous fictions.
1: Unhumorous fiction.
0: While literary critic Richard Broadhead has described it as the darkest of Hawthorne's novels. Ooh. A great deal of modern criticism centers around the relationship between fiction and nonfiction as well. Critics believe that when viewed as representative of Hawthorne's own life and beliefs, the Blithedale romance provides insight into the mind of the author.
1: Yeah, that's kind of, I don't know, there's Wikipedia you're yeah. reading. Them. Yeah, a lot of academic critics tend to do that. They kind of miss the point of the novel, and then I kind of want to see how much of this is real. How much of this is key to the author's minds? Like you're missing the point. Like what's he? What's he driving at? With could be a story. Just, could
0: be a story. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, and his life, I guess he Hawthorne did go to a little community like this, and that's where he got the idea. But the point of it would be the work itself. Novels aren't meant to turn around and. Be psychoanalytic depictions of the author that's not what makes them interesting. People they like invert it, like a tell, like looking through a telescope the wrong way. So, but it doesn't surprise me.
0: I kind of want to do the Blythdale romance by Nathaniel Hawthorne. Do do the romance, yeah? Are we pronouncing it right? I think so. Blythdale, it'd be funny if we don't know how to pronounce this book right and we were started off by like Cormac McCarthy. Oh, gosh, too serious.
1: But hey, we're matching it though. Like, we're not doing a kid's book, we're doing the Blythe Dale. I'm gonna say Blythe
0: Dale. The Blythe Dale. Blythe. Don't say Blythe. 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 Blythe I have to see the TH. I'm sorry, Matt. Blythe. Blythe Dale. Blythe Dale. Romance. Romance. Blythe okay,
1: so this is just as serious. This is serious literature. Well, Cormac McCarthy is a modern author. I' only
0: read dead authors. that's the tagline of the new – that's what 2020 – we only read dead authors. You think you're so special for reading Cormac McCarthy? Well, he's not dead. Yeah, we only read dead authors. I like this. This has been um, surprising. Who knew? I really thought I was just going to say Gore Vidal, and you're like, we're going to read Burr or something. But –
1: Well, that's what I thought, too. So
0: 2023, we're going to read a Cormac McCarthy book, and we're going to read a Gore Vidal book. Mm-hmm. At Thank least we'll, we'll kind of get into it. some more history. History. Uh, we'll, say, we'll, we'll set up our goals coming up in, in uh, episodes coming up. We but. did
1: that uh, a, a year or two ago, and yeah. I think maybe we did 2% of them. Yeah, we didn't fall through with any of them. It was but, fun to do. It was fun, fun to, to do. Like, I'm going to read this, but yeah, we didn't actually do it. So we'll see. SA, Peter. SA. Your team lost. It looked like they might w- actually win. You were nervous. And you, you, we, we solidified the bet when you were, you were. I was at the peak of my nervousness, and you were at the peak of your confidence. I wasn't confident, but I won. But like last, it's just I'm going to pick an essay for us both to read. It's not a punishment. Okay. Uh, Like last, so we're going to read famous lit bro and problematic author David Foster Wallace. Okay. His essays, which are, is where to start with him. Um, he had really funny, engaging, really well observed essays. And the essay in question? Um, well, I don't, there's a couple. He's, okay. I read these back in college. I'm eager to revisit them because it's been a while. But they're what made me kind of really fall in love with him as a writer. So he has a famous essay collection, Consider the Lobster and Other Essays. Okay. And of- the titular essay. Don't giggle, it just means the the title. It comes from the title. Uh consider the lobster as he goes to the main lobster festival and kind of uh it's on the do lobsters feel pain? Just the the the, the morality of eating, like that sort well, of thought, thing. I
0: kind of like that theme in the, the much subject. more
1: entertaining than I'm making it sound. But no, you know he's there are wide ranging meditations that kind of like can be digress. very profound yeah he's a very he's a very good you'll see what i mean it's hard to describe but you'll see what i mean and the other one i like from this collection is called host and it's he goes and just kind of sits in with this uh kind of like right wing uh radio political host in los angeles who is kind of obsessed with oj simpson and so it like wallace disagrees with the guy politically but it's kind of an just a here's how this how talk radio works uh it's actually a really impressive thing to be able to talk just for three hours It's, it's a very good interesting uh look into that type of world those both sound very good yeah and then the his other essay the supposedly fun thing i'll never do again his first essay collection uh the titular essay from that the supposedly <laughs> fun thing he'll never do again is him going on a cruise oh okay and it's a fun. It's, that's a good one too
0: i kind uh, of have a feeling i like wallace the essay is more than wallace the novel i think
1: he would his books i don't know if we'll ever get to infinite jest is worth doing but mm-hmm. but it's it's a tough nut to crack okay but so yeah i suppose the cruise one there's another the i don't know if, if you'll be drawn to it but the best essay i've ever read on television and that really like holds up today especially it's called e unibus plurum television in u.s fiction mm. it's a uh, it's very good about self-reference television being a constant loop of self-reference you know and, and like really? But this, like in the early '90s, he rewrote this, so it's only like metastasized from them. So there's a ton to go through, but what, those three or four, if you like the TV ones, <laughs> cruise, the lobster, cruise lobster TV radio host.
0: Yeah, uh, one do I have of to those. pick one you now, wanna... or
1: can I? Oh, you want to gestate? I literally... think, think about it. Think about it. We well, don't have to pick now. Think about it. I'll think about it. You can, yeah. Okay. But I'm excited. He's a it's, it'll be fun. It's a he's a good
0: essayist. All right, I am excited because I have not read Wallace. Uh, let's do a recap of what we have on our TBR. We do that kind of every episode here. So we have added our newest book is the Blythe. I said uh, I said the TBR. Blythe the Blythe Ro- Dale Romance by Nathan Hawthorne. Uh, it's our it's our venture into serious, dead authors only book. Um, we also have, and I mentioned this earlier, all the seas of the world by Guy Gavalier K, or is it Guy Gabriel?
1: is Gabriel. Gabriel.
0: Guy. It's it's a little bit of a tongue twister. Yeah. Uh, all the seas of the world. That's his latest book. Uh, as a person who has not read him, i been enjoying it quite a bit. So um if you haven't read k before join us on that book we also have coming up drive your plow over the bones of the dead i think matt is hopefully gonna be done with that here shortly as we venture into our eastern eastern european fiction uh contemporary Poland? yeah so uh, seasonal we have the master and margarita uh life and fate which is now going to be our 2023 from twenty twenty two, we also have the one future king. I need to start Ironweed by William Kennedy. It's my own project over on the Modern Library Top one hundred books. Am I leaving anything out, Matt, on our TBR? It's a it's a fairly manageable TBR right now. It's halfway manageable, except for like one of the books, two of the books that are like yeah. Well, we've fallen behind.
1: I will be here done here soon. I'm really enjoying grind or drive your plow. Yeah, it's um and then. I think once a future king, I think towards the beginning of of like January, February, we'll start going with that. Going
0: through book by book, right? I think that's what
1: Yeah, or at least we'll do the Sword and Stone. And then Okay. I like that. So yeah, look for those. Uh we're doing on Patreon, we're gonna pick our next thriller corner book here after Christmas.
0: So Spy Thriller. Yes, if you're not familiar, we do some like book clubs over on our patreon that's the thriller book club we do sports ones too so we've read sports books over there too uh, our latest one was the lions of lucerne by brad thor where we analyze if uh, our special agent scott horvath is indeed an idiot and how he got to save the president so those are fun episodes we do over there um so if you um, are interested it's a small fee to support us over there and get bonus content over there which is uh uh a fun thing if you like books. So, and you get a say kind of what books we pick. And it's so, yeah, fun. we're going to
1: vote, and everybody get uh, all the subscribers an equal say. So,
0: and it's a, it's kind of a, a ranked voting system. So, but yeah, that, and it's a, it's a spy thriller coming up. Spy, 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 thriller. spy so, thriller. So, if you're curious over there, go supporters over there. Um, mm-hmm. I think that about covers everything. So, Some good books coming up and we're always adding new books. So uh, until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye.